Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. So grateful to be here today. And uh, man, if you don't know me, I am Pastor Peter, not Kevin Hart, praise God. Uh, Pastor Peter, good to be here. So thankful to be on this team. And uh, man, I believe God has a word for you. Happy Pentecost Sunday. Happy Pentecost Sunday. Oh, come on, church. I'm going to need a little more from you in this place. Come on, we still believe in the power of God. We still believe in miracles. We still believe in the fire of the goodness of God. Come on. And... uh, If you're in this place today and you're wondering, okay, they're excited. What does Pentecost mean? Uh, Pentecost comes from a Greek word simply meaning 50. 50 days after Easter, uh, the Lord decided to fulfill a prophecy by a prophet named Joel. And uh, he poured out his spirit. He descended upon believers waiting for him uh, in an upper room, about 120 people. You can go and read about it uh, in this book of the Bible called Acts. It's it's a phenomenal book, but that chapter, Acts chapter 2, is a really powerful portion of Scripture. I want to preach about the moment it's leading into Acts chapter 2. But that moment is so pivotal, and we believe it wasn't just a one-time occurrence. Oh, this is happening still today. The Holy Spirit is still touching people's lives. Come on, the Holy Spirit is still healing people. The Holy Spirit is still delivering people. The Holy Spirit is still transforming people. And so we believe that today. And, uh, man, I'm just so thankful uh, to be in the room. And I want to say this before I jump into it, uh, a couple disclaimers, that the biggest hesitation to the Holy Spirit is often speaking in tongues, right? Speaking in tongues. And uh, I want to say this today, uh, that uh, the Holy Spirit's not mystical and and he's not weird. And and speaking in tongues, man, that often happens in the Scripture as people get filled. We see in several instances, even the Apostle Paul, who is one of the greatest apostles in all the Scripture, says, I speak in tongues more than all of ye. Uh, But I do want to say, even though that is a result of the Spirit in someone's life, that is not the goal. The goal is the Spirit of God flowing and moving on the inside of our lives. The goal is not a gift. The goal is getting closer to God. Amen? Amen. So that's a huge problem for people. I just want to say that up top. And then also, the Holy Spirit is not weird. Okay? People are weird. Hello? (laughs) And people make the Holy Spirit weird, or they try to. Right? I was at a, a, a camp one time praying over a young man, uh, trying to, uh, you know, he said, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, trying to get him there. And uh, he just started praying. He said, Mama say, Mama sa, Mama husa. And I was like, that's not it. That's not God. That's not it. Right? I was in another setting where they were praying over someone in the parking lot. They were praying over them. And they said, they got filled with the Spirit. I said, tell me what happened. They said that person got filled, they were foaming at the mouth and the spirit. I said, uh-uh, that's a spirit. It ain't the Holy Spirit. Hello? That, that's not the spirit of God, right? Other times people get filled. People are weird. They do weird things when the spirit of God comes upon them. I saw someone, they were pop-locking in the altar. I'm like, you got the spirit, Michael Jackson or Chris Brown or something. Not God. That's not God. You understand what I'm saying? People make the Holy Spirit weird, but the Holy Spirit is not weird. The Holy Spirit is essential and necessary, and therefore every believer who has opened up their lives to the goodness and the message of the cross. And so today, I want to preach to you about the power and the person of the Holy Spirit. I want to jump right into it. John chapter 14, uh, verses 15 through 16. Uh, If you have a Bible, you can turn there with me. If you forgot, it's on the screen. Praise God. Um, It says, loving me empowers you to obey my Commands. 
And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Savior. This is Jesus speaking, by the way. The Holy Spirit of truth, who will be to you a friend just like me, and he will never leave you. The world, the world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him, but you know him intimately because he remains with you and will live inside of you. John chapter 16, verse 7. But here's the truth. It's to your advantage, Jesus says, that I go away. For if I don't go away, the divine encourager will not be released to you. But after I depart, I will send him to you. One more portion of scripture today. If you didn't read your Bible, you're welcome. I'm reading it for you right now. He told them, you don't, have to, you don't get to know the time. Timing is the Father's business. Come on, that's a great excuse if you're late for church and uh, your spouse or your significant other is like, go, let's go. We're going to be late. You can just say, timing is the Father's business. Say it with a little bass in your voice. Say it with a little bass. Uh, what you get is the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be able to be my witnesses. Come on, there's no such thing as a Christian that doesn't share the gospel. You will be my witnesses. Come on, everyone in the house say witness. Witnesses. There we go. In Jerusalem, all over Judea and Samaria, and even to the end woo, of the earth, of the world. Sorry, there we go. Um, I'm so thankful this, that today that we serve a God that is so interested in filling our lives with hope and encouragement. We serve a God that wants to be close to us. This is why we call him Emmanuel or God with us. I'm so thankful that we serve a God that fills our lives with significance and with purpose. This is why I want to preach from this thought today, the divine advantage. Woo! The divine advantage. Every person who has said yes to Jesus and is now open to a life of the Spirit, is, has a divine advantage. It's called the Holy Spirit. I was talking to, to a young man, and uh, he was really just o o overwhelmed, and uh, I was trying to get to the bottom of his faith, and I said, man, tell me, explain to me, help me understand where you are. He said, honestly, things are going good. Things are, things are fine. And they're going okay? He said, but I, I'm trying to figure out, like, what, what does this all mean? Like, like, if I was there with Jesus in the days that he did the miracles, right? Like, he did, he did a bunch of different miracles uh, with, with the, uh, with, like, he did miracles with the loaves and fishes, and then he did the, the walking on water, and if I was there when Jesus resurrected from the dead, if I was there for those moments, it would probably be easier to follow Jesus, and as I kind of reflected on his, our conversation, I realized, like, it's not just this one young man who was thinking this way. Most Christians believe that if they were there in the days of Jesus, it would actually be easier to walk out this life of faith because they could see it. They could sense it. All five senses would be engaged and they could understand. But, but when I thought about it, I said, man, if you're thinking this way, probably a lot of people would agree with you. But there's one person that probably wouldn't agree with you, and it's... um. Jesus, okay? Jesus will not agree with you. Because in John chapter 16, verse 7, Jesus said, but it is to your advantage that I go away. It's to your advantage that I'm no longer here because I will send you ooh, the Spirit, the Spirit of God. In the three portions of Scripture that I read to you, I'm, I'm going to break them down. Uh, there are actually three conversations that Jesus is having with his disciples to prepare them for the coming of the Spirit, but also to prepare them for his departure, right? But because they don't understand Jesus, his departure becomes a dilemma to them. They don't realize that this departure is actually a divine appointment for them. And here's what the Holy Spirit spoke to me, that when the Spirit of God is involved, what actually looks like a dilemma is actually a divine appointment. 
I said when the Holy Spirit is involved, what looks like a dilemma is actually a divine appointment. And I'll tell you today what, how this has played out in my life. It's happened so quickly and so easily. Uh, like so many different times, like when I was 18 years old, I got diagnosed with large B-cell lymphoma. It was a cancer in my knee, right? And I remember thinking to myself, this is a dilemma. Why is this happening to me? I'm so young. I'm not supposed to have cancer. Oh, it was such a dilemma. But until I, I started to allow the Holy Spirit to move in the situation, and I realized very quickly that this was actually a divine appointment for people who were also in that cancer ward with me, people I probably would have never met in my life. It was a divine appointment for me to get among them and to pray over them and to love them in the spirit and to see the power of God at work in their own lives. What I thought was a dilemma, church, was actually a divine opportunity. Oh, this also happened uh, when me and my wife were going through infertility, right? Like, we were really struggling with infertility, and uh, we, we, we went to the doctors, and they told us, they're like, we don't actually know what's going on, and uh, actually everything looks fine, which is honestly worse. I'm like, give me a problem so I can read about it on WebMD. Don't tell me you don't know what's wrong, and now I have to wonder and walk around the house and diagnose myself with mesothelioma or something crazy. I don't know! You know what I'm saying? Like, tell me what's happening. And we were going through this, me and my, my wife, and we were so frustrated. And then you know what would happen? We would pray for people to get pregnant, and then they would get pregnant immediately. And like, oh my gosh, is it God so good? I'm like, yes, he is. Oh, wonderful for you. Stay over there. You know what I mean? I'm like, God, how can we not get pregnant? We're people of God walking in the ways of God, going to raise this baby in the ways of the Lord. And then there's people out here in these streets, hello? They sneeze, and all of a sudden, they're pregnant. This is a fair. It's not fair. But I didn't know that what I thought was a dilemma would actually be a divine opportunity and that God was going to use my life all around this world to preach to people who are battling infertility and that I'd lay my hands on them and begin to pray and that for coming forth would be children expected in the next year because this is what the Holy Spirit does. It was a divine appointment for all of those couples who I prayed for who said if, they did it for, if God did it for the Reeves, he can do it for me. It was a divine appointment. Simultaneously, I'll say like this, I love my mom. She is a powerful, small African woman. Ooh, I love her. And uh, I'm so thankful for her, but I, I also grew up in a single family home, or a single parent home, I'm sorry, it's just my mom. And uh, my parents got divorced when I, when I was younger. And um, my mom, even though she was great, she was like my mom and my dad. I remember going to multiple breakfasts at my school, uh, father-son breakfast, where there was no father there to claim me as his son, hello? And I remember sitting there eating breakfast thinking to myself that this is a dilemma. This is a problem. This stinks. Why is this happening to me? Why is this happening in my life? Not knowing that what I thought was a dilemma would be a divine opportunity because one of the greatest motivations of my life is to be a great father to the two babies that the Lord has entrusted into my care. What was a dilemma for me is a divine opportunity for my babies. Oh, this is what the Holy Spirit does. Church, the Holy Spirit is our divine advantage. I didn't talk about this in the first service, but I want to talk about it here. There's a woman by the name of Elizabeth Elliot. She was married to a great missionary named Jim Elliot, who's most famous for saying, he is no fool who gains what, or who, uh, he is no fool who keeps, or who gains, I can't even say it right now, tell me, who who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Oh, there it is, right there. But forget Jim. Jim was a great man, great missionary. His wife Elizabeth blows my mind, church 
absolutely blows my mind. Because Elizabeth, uh, after she found out that her husband was going to be a missionary, they went to minister to a tribe. Him and some friends went to minister to a tribe of people that had never heard the gospel before. Uh, when they went there, those people of that tribe uh, killed Jim Elliott and those people that were with him. But then Elizabeth Elliott came onto the scene. And Elizabeth actually went back as a missionary to those people who killed her husband. Can you imagine what people were thinking? Can you imagine people like, why is she going back? Why is she stepping back into that moment? Man, if they didn't care about your husband, ma'am, they're sure not going to care about you. But Elizabeth went back and won people in that tribe to the Lord. Why? Because she had a divine advantage. She stared death in the faith and said, death is no match for the one who gives life. Oh, she had a divine advantage today. And even though I couldn't remember her husband's quote, I remember her story, praise God. <laughs> Divine advantage. You see, these three stories that Jesus, these three conversations that Jesus has with the disciples, he's, he's laying out for them the fact that the Holy Spirit is absolutely pivotal to a life of faith. And that walking in the ways of the Holy Spirit leads us into greater harmony with God. Oh, you want to take your relationship with God to the next level? You need an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Friends, this is really good news today that the Holy Spirit is our divine advantage. In a world that's filled with brokenness, we have a divine advantage. In a world that's filled with depression, we have a divine advantage. In a world that's covered with confusion, we have a divine advantage. Oh, it's the Holy Spirit of God today. And these three conversations, I, I want to unpack them for you really quickly today. Jesus is taking some real time to explain how important and essential the Holy Spirit is. Here's what he says, John chapter 14. He says, loving me empowers you to obey my commands. And if you're thinking critically right now, you're like, wait a minute, I thought he was talking about the Holy Spirit. Why is he talking about love and obedience? And it's simple because when you're in love and when you're in obedience, it's easier to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. When you're operating in love, you're more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And when you're operating in obedience, you are simply more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And he says when you do that, it enables you to obey my commands. And if you don't understand commands, then you can't understand the Spirit. In other words, Jesus is saying this. If you can't follow the com my commands that I've given to you, that you've heard me say, I've spoken them to you. If you can't follow these commands that I'm telling you, how will you be able to follow the promptings and the leadings and the commands of the Holy Spirit? Who does not speak to you audibly, but you begin to sense him eternally. He speaks through promptings and nudges. If you can't understand my commandments, man, you're really going to struggle to understand the commandments of the Holy Spirit. And I love this today, that Jesus says, he opens this conversation about the Holy Spirit, talking about love and obedience because the thing that makes us most obedient is understanding the love of God. The, the thing that makes it, let me say it like this. If you have an obedience problem, you actually have a love issue. If you have an obedience problem, it's actually a love issue. You don't understand how much God loves you, and you've made the focus of your faith everything else but loving him. But it's actually coming down and saying, Jesus, I love you. Opening up your life to him and focusing on how good he is that enables you to be the man and the woman of God that you know you're called to be. So he says, loving me empowers you to obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Savior. Now, disclaimer here. You're like, there's two saviors? I'm having trouble serving the one. Stop it. 
There's only one Savior. His name is Jesus. But why the, the, the translator of this text picks the word Savior is because Jesus is trying to show you and I that the Holy Spirit is not the sidekick to the Father and the Son. That the Holy Spirit is not the little weird cousin in the corner that nobody wants to talk to. But that the Holy Spirit is on the same level with Jesus and that he is God. The Holy Spirit is God. Can I tell you, most people will say it like this, the Holy Spirit wasn't present in the scripture until the New Testament, to which I would say false, absolutely false. The Bible says in Genesis 1 that, the, that God was creating the earth. The earth was dark, void, empty. And, and over that darkness hovered what? The Spirit of God. He was present there. When God said, looked within himself and said, let us create man in our image, the Holy Spirit was a part of that conversation, church. He's always been present. He's always been active. But on Pentecost Sunday, 2,000 years ago, the Lord decided to take this active, intimate part of who he is and descend him upon disciples who were waiting on him. The Holy Spirit is God. You know, in most Christian faiths and, and denominations, we agree on God the Father. We're like, woo! Father God, yes! Jehovah Nisi, yes! El Shaddai, Abba, we agree. We agree on the Son. Yes, He is the way, the truth, and life. We agree on the Son. He is the Lamb of God. He is the way. We agree on the Father and the Son. It's the Holy Spirit that causes confusion for most believers. And how fitting for the enemy because he is the author of confusion. So he doesn't want you and I to understand the power or the adventures of the Holy Spirit so we can just talk about what God did, not actually see what God can do. And Jesus... And this translation says that he's another Savior, not meaning that the Holy Spirit is separate from God and you need to be saved by Jesus and saved from the Holy Spirit. When I read this, I honestly thought to myself, how many saviors are there? There's one. There's one. His name is Jesus. And honestly, like even thinking about anybody, serving anybody else or putting, I, I, like this makes me think about that time I read about Solomon, that he had 900 wives. I was like, mm, he didn't have the Spirit. 900 wives? I'm trying to just keep the one I got. Thank you, God. There's one Savior, one Savior. Jesus says we're on the same level. He's the Holy Spirit and he is God. And then he says this, the Holy Spirit of truth will be a friend just like me and he will never leave you. He'll never leave you. Come on, have you felt lonely? You need the Holy Spirit. Do you feel like you have no friends? You need the Holy Spirit. Some of you are like, man, I just don't have no friends because people can't keep it real. And I'll say, maybe you're just mean. But that's another thing. You need the Holy Spirit. It is the Spirit of God that was with us and will never leave us. You know why Jesus says this? Because prior to this conversation, the disciples are thinking, wait a minute, Jesus is going away? He's not going to be amongst us? Who are we going to get direction from? Who's going to speak to our lives? Where are we going to, where are we going to get the information from? And Jesus is saying, listen, the, the, Spirit of, the Spirit of God is coming. He's going to be exactly like me, except he's never, ever going to leave you. Or in other words, Jesus is speaking to their greatest insecurity because that's what the Holy Spirit does, is the Holy Spirit comes into our lives and he empowers us to work through our greatest insecurity. Are you insecure in your marriage today? Then you need the Holy Spirit. Are you insecure in your speech today? Then you need the Holy Spirit. Are you insecure in your walk with God? You need the Holy Spirit. He speaks to our greatest insecurity. Maybe you can stop using your insecurity as an excuse and allow the Spirit to empower you today as he fills you with his Holy Spirit and then what you were holding on to in private, God can use public to win the people around you to the only one who can love them. 
He will be like a friend just like me, and he will never leave you. Next slide. The world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him. Or in other words, the world that you and I live in, of course they laugh at the Holy Spirit. Ooh, have you ever been laughed at for being a person that believes in the Spirit? Not many of us because nobody knows we believe in the Spirit. Hello? Ooh, the Holy Spirit's real. When are you going to tell people about him? When are you going to operate in him? Amen? I remember the first time I got laughed at for being a person who believes in the Holy Spirit. I was uh, literally fifth grade. In the middle of me was a math test. Come on, how many of you know math will make you pray in the Spirit in Jesus' name? <laughs> Sometimes I look at me and Joanna's bills. I'm like, Right, so I, I start praying in the Spirit. I, come, I, I grew up in a Pentecostal home, real Pentecostal. You know what I mean? Like my mom will start praying for the food and, and start praying in the Spirit. That's too much prayer. I'm like, mom, come on. Right? She's like, God, thank you for this chicken. I'm like, no. Mashed potatoes are getting cold. Right? So I grew up in a real Pentecostal home. I'm praying over the math test. Somebody looked at me. They said, that's weird. Why are you talking like that? Right? Oh, I remember. It's, it's embarrassing. We live in a world that can't know or receive the Spirit. It's weird. Man, man, it, it, they, they feel like it's weird. Oh, you, you pray in the Spirit. You believe God can heal. You believe God can change people. You believe in the power. Of, man, that seems so weird. But I'll tell you, the scripture says we live in a world that can't receive him, but you and I have an advantage. We can see him and know him. Yes. Come on, some of you are like, what do you mean see him? I can see ghosts. Calm down, Scooby-Doo. That's not what we're saying. <laughs> I, I see him right now. No, that's not what I'm talking about. But what I am saying is that the Spirit of God moves deeply on the inside of us, fills our lives with the awareness of His presence. And let me say it like this today. If you need to be able to explain the Spirit before you experience the Spirit, you'll miss out on the divine advantage. Oh, just because I cannot explain what God is doing, does that mean that I am not experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit that transforms people's lives? This is what he does. I love 1 Peter chapter 4, where it says, greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. Who is he talking about? The Holy Spirit. And just because I don't understand all the details doesn't mean I can't experience his power. We live in a world that won't receive him because they can't see him or know him, but you and I can. And then it says this, but you will know him intimately. Yeah, I know you believe in God. That's awesome. And you believe in Jesus. You're saved. You're saved. But don't miss out on the power and the person of the Holy Spirit. Do you know him intimately today? Do you know him intimately today? Are you aware? Man, the Holy Spirit is our divine advantage. And Jesus says, and he will live inside of you. Maybe you heard me say it like this before, but I want to say it again. The Holy Spirit is evidence to you and I about how close God wants to be to every single one of us. Right? Evidence. Someone say evidence. It is evidence about the nearness of God, right? Because in the very beginning, all the way in the book of Genesis, right, God created a man named Adam, and Adam and God walked together in the garden. It was a beautiful exchange. But the Lord said, that's not close enough. You're like, how do you know? Because he sends Jesus, and Jesus doesn't just walk amongst us. He lives amongst us. They can see Jesus every single day. He's a part of their daily lives, which is what's supposed to happen. But then he says, that's not close enough. You're like, how do you know? Easy, because he sends the Holy Spirit. Spirit. And the Holy Spirit doesn't just walk with us, and the Holy Spirit doesn't just live with us, but he lives on the inside of us because God is saying, I want to be close to you. 
Oh, if you have ever been confused about how much God cares about you, just look at the nearness of the Holy Spirit as evidence that you are deeply loved by God. He's going to live on the inside of you. It's a conversation Jesus is having with the disciples before the Spirit comes. Watch this, John chapter 16, here it goes. But here's the truth. It's to your divine advantage that I go away. Woo! It's to the advantage. Jesus, we saw you do all types of miracles. Jesus, we saw you raise the dead. Jesus, we saw you take our small resources and enlarge them. What do you mean? Your presence is so important to us. And he said, but it's to your advantage that I, I go away. If you were to ever talk to the old saints of the past, right? If you were to have a conversation with Moses and Abraham, Naomi, Esther, Ruth, whoever, if you were to have a conversation with them and say, the presence of God is not going to be a place you go one day, it's going to live on the inside of you, I dare to believe they would say, that is an advantage. Tell that to Moses who climbed up a mountain and stood up there on two different occasions for 40 days, 960 hours to go get in the presence of God that one day he wouldn't have to climb anymore, that that presence would live on the inside of him. Friends, it would blow his mind. Jesus said it's to your advantage. Here's the advantages. Number one, in Romans chapter 8 it says that when we pray in the spirit, this is good for you if you've ever had any issues praying, Romans chapter 8 tells us that when you pray in the Spirit or you speak in tongues, that the Spirit helps us in our weakness. And because the Spirit knows the perfect will of God because he is God, prays the perfect will of God when we pray in the Spirit. Come on. Look, I know all of you in here, you're like, I have no trouble praying. Every time I pray, angels come in and they sing, great are you, Lord. But for people like me who have an issue sometimes saying, God, I don't even know what I want to talk to you about. The Bible says when we pray in tongues, it might sound funny to them, but they can't understand it, that the Spirit of God is praying the perfect will of God for our lives. Come on, this is a divine advantage. Oh, you know the thing we always read at weddings? The fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness. Don't forget the last one, self-control. Self-control. Everyone's like, amen, amen. Amen. Memorial Day weekend. I can afford 22 cupcakes, Pastor. Self-control. Amen, amen. These are fruits of the... Do you need a little more gentleness in your marriage? A little more peace in your mental health? Look, I'm not pushing away. Look, I love, I need counselors, therapy, all that stuff is wonderful, but let us not negate the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Come on, I know, listen, all the things, tools we have set up are wonderful, but there is still no substitute for laying your hands on someone who is in a situation of brokenness and praying in the power of the Holy Spirit and watching them to become who God has called them to become. He still does miracles today an advantage though. One of my favorite advantages is in Matthew when Jesus is into the desert to be tempted by Satan and it says that the spirit of the Lord leads him there. Go read it. The spirit led him into the desert. I want to be led by the spirit. I don't want to be led by my feelings. I don't want to be led by other, by comparison. I don't want to be led by what other people are doing. I want to be led by the spirit and the spirit of God leads us sometimes into places that might not seem safe to the naked eye, but is the safest place you could be in the will of God. Now I realize today I'm talking about the Holy Spirit and a bunch of people are like, you know what? 
I don't really know if I need the Holy Spirit. I've heard all the things about him. He's the advocate. Come on. We all need an advocate before God, right? You're like, I have Jesus. Also, you need the Holy Spirit. Come on. He's a, he's a helper. It's wonderful. The one that I kind of center on, though, is the word comforter. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. And if that doesn't appeal to you, it's probably because you're not doing anything that makes you uncomfortable. I don't need a comforter. I'm good. Yeah, because the Lord has called you into uncomfortable situations with people at work. The Lord has called you to pray over your family that doesn't know the Lord. The Lord has called you to stand in pieces and uh, places where he's called you to be the light of the world. Jesus working on the inside of you. And like, I don't need to be comforted. It's probably because we're not doing anything uncomfortable. But he's a comforter. I bet you Paul needed a comforter when he was in prison. I bet you Jesus needed a comforter when he's on the cross. By the way, Jesus filled with the Spirit. Jesus led by the Spirit. The Scripture says these things. If Jesus had to be led by the Spirit, I'm going to suggest maybe you and I have to too. But it's to your advantage that I go away. You know why Jesus said that? Because the disciples were content to sit around and watch Jesus work instead of getting involved in the work. Right? They were like, Jesus, you do the miracles. You're God. You got it. You good? Yeah, I'm going to stay here, God. Uh Uh-huh. No, 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 I have faith in you. You go ahead and do it. No, 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 I don't want to be a part. God, you got it. Praise you. You're God. And Jesus said, no, it's to your advantage that I go away so that you have to get in on the work. <sighs> so that you have to depend on the spirit just like me. He said, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the divine encourager will not be released to you. The Holy Spirit is a divine encourager. You need encouragement today? You're like, I'm going through a difficult time. I understand. You need encouragement today? You need the Holy Spirit. He is your divine encourager, your divine advantage today. Friends, the primary language of the Holy Spirit is one of encouragement. This is important today because most Christians, when they hear the voice of God, what they hear is correction. What they hear is where they're getting it wrong. What they hear is sin, right? And all of those things are true. Sin separates us from God, and we should take it very seriously. But the primary language of the Holy Spirit is one of encouragement. It's one of hope. It's one of purpose. It's one that's speaking to you to lift your life. This is what our God does. He is the divine encourager. And it will not be released to you, but after I depart, I'll send him to you. Jesus leaving the earth was one of the best things that could ever happen to us. It was our divine advantage. Last one, Acts chapter 1. Last one, last one, last one. He told them, you don't get to know the time. Timing is the Father's business. Come on, someone say amen. Timing is the Father's business. Or in other words, Jesus is saying when it comes to the Holy Spirit, you have to make a decision. You can be either more sensitive to time or more sensitive to the Spirit. Because you can't do both. Now, I'm not talking about just this Sunday morning. You're like, yes, we're going to pray here for 64 hours. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is as you're waiting on the Holy Spirit in your day-to-day life, don't rush him. He loves to be waited on. Ooh, I remember I was in a ministry setting one time with a guy who, he, uh, he was looking at his clock at the altar, right? We were in an altar call. He was just looking at his watch in the altar. I said, mm-mm, he ain't going to get filled. I already know. You're like, that's me. No, I'm just telling you, we are either time conscious or spirit conscious, and it's really difficult when you're trying to receive the spirit of God. They're saying, can you do it in this amount of time? The Bible says he has got his ways are much higher than our ways, his thoughts, much higher than our thoughts, and we are waiting on this God to move in our lives by the way of the spirit. Just what's happening. Timing is the father's business. 
He said, what you'll get is the Holy Spirit. You go to the next slide. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be able to be my witnesses. Ooh, I love that. Witnesses. There's no such thing as a Christian who doesn't share Jesus. Witnesses. So the Holy Spirit doesn't come upon our lives so we can feel goosebumps. Ooh, I feel God. I feel him. He's here. The Holy Spirit doesn't come upon our lives so we can pray more tongues than the United Nations. Hello? Because I know people who pray in tongues, but they're mean. That's not the Holy Spirit. But the Spirit comes upon our lives so we can be a witness of the good things that God has done. So we can begin to encourage the way the vine encourager encourages us. So that we can be a living testimony of what God has done in our lives. The Spirit comes upon us to be a witness. Do you have people in your life that you want to know God? I would sure hope so. Then guess what? You need the Holy Spirit. He is your divine advantage that makes it possible for you to be a witness of God. Ooh, one of my favorite advantages of the Holy Spirit is Jesus says in another scripture, he says, he will remind you of all that I've taught you. Ooh. I saw this happen in our student ministry. I was a youth pastor a couple years ago. I saw a student praying over another student at the altar. He didn't know what to pray. So first he prayed in the spirit because when you pray in the spirit, you pray the perfect will of God. Then he said, I got it. A couple weeks ago, I heard this sermon on the freedom of God. And he began to recite and quote some of the things he heard in that sermon. It was either the freedom of God or the faithfulness of God. And he shared it with this young man. And he was so encouraged. And he wept in the altar and he encountered God. Why? What did the Holy Spirit do right there? He brought to remembrance something that this young man had heard. And it was exactly what that man needed. This is what the Holy Spirit does. It makes it possible for us to be a witness. Now, when I think about the Holy Spirit, I think about two instances of two young men. The first one being a young man named Eli. Eli is a pastor's kid. He was at a camp that I was speaking at, believed in the Holy Spirit, but also simultaneously was like, I've sat in many Holy Spirit services and never felt anything. And so he was uh, the cameraman at this event. He was moving around the room. And at one point in the event, the Holy Spirit started to touch his life. He put his camera down, lifted his hands, began to receive what God was doing in his life, began to pray in the Spirit in that occasion. It was awesome. And then he came over to me and we were starting a dialogue. And he said, man, I feel like the Holy Spirit's stirring some stuff in me. And uh, he walks away and uh, the Holy Spirit gave him the name James. So he's walking around the room looking for someone named James. He's supposed to have a conversation with a man named James. And, and he doesn't find a James, but he runs up to this kid. This kid says, you're looking for a James. My name's Jimmy. But my real name is James. Everyone calls me Jimmy. He said, you. Begins to encourage and speak to this young boy and pray for him. Young man said, I feel free. I feel the goodness of God. I said, wow. In his first day filled with the Holy Spirit, he's already being a witness. Then the Holy Spirit told him, go by the lake. I said, what is this? Mark chapter 4? Holy Spirit told you to go to, I'm like, I want God to speak to me like that. Peter, go to the beach. Yes, God, I can do that. You know, like that. The Lord told him to go by the lake, and he goes by the lake, and there's a missionary who's staying on the campground that this young man gets to speak to, gives him a prophetic word. Gives him a prophetic word. So on his first day being filled with the Spirit, he's already a witness, and he gives a prophetic word. Beautiful. And then he goes back home, calls his dad, who's a pastor, to tell him about what he had just experienced. He can hear his dad's voice downcast, and begins to minister to his dad and gives him like three words. I think they were risk and go and boldness or something of that nature. And his dad says, son, you have no idea what you're saying. Me and your mom are getting ready to make a big decision. 20 years ago on this exact day, 
we stepped out in faith, planted a church, got a building, and these were some of the words that the Lord spoke to me, and you spoke those exact words. And then he said, he said, son, now we're getting ready to step into the mission field, and I feel like God, like we were trying to wonder, was God speaking to us? And now the Lord has spoken to us through you. And I said, Eli, this is crazy. On the first day that you're filled with the Spirit, you give two prophetic words and are a witness to the goodness of God. This is what every Christian's life is supposed to be like. Okay, let me answer this question for you. Why do I have this job? To be a witness. Why am I in this family? To be a witness. Why did God call me here? To be a witness. Why is God allowing this to happen to me? To be a witness. It is your divine advantage, which looks like a dilemma right now, but it's about to be a divine opportunity. I'm telling you. The second story is of a young man named Noah. And Noah was a young man in my ministry. He was an intern. Came to me on several occasions, frustrated that he wasn't growing in his faith. Mind you, he was frustrated that he wasn't growing in his faith. And he said, what do I need to do? I said, I already told you three times. I ain't going to tell you again. That's how my mom speaks to me. I told you three times. I ain't going to tell you again. I said, Noah, you need the Holy Spirit. He looked back at me, a bold young man. He said, I don't want the Holy Spirit. So we go into our pre-service prayer time. I was like, fine, you don't got to give me attitude. You don't want the Spirit? That is on you. We go into our prayer time. Noah gets touched by the power of God, filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. That's just what happened for him. He begins to pray in the Spirit. Holy Spirit filling his life. Anyway, we have a conversation after that moment. He comes to me. I can tell he wants to apologize. He does, and he says, he's real. He's real. The power of the Holy Spirit is real. Church, you can encounter the Spirit today. You can be filled with the Spirit again. And you know what's even sweeter? It's not just getting filled with the presence and the power of God the first time. It's the second time and the third time. Because I'm going to tell you today, I didn't just need to be filled once. I need to be filled again every day. I need the touch of God every day. I need the wisdom of God every day. I need the peace of God every day. So this, as I read these stories, I'm inspired by how Jesus sets the stage for the Holy Spirit. It's beautiful. I'm inspired by it. He sets them up with several different conversations to talk about the Spirit. Why? Because the Spirit is so important. It's the law of repetition in the Scripture. Whenever something is mentioned multiple times, it's incredibly important. Jesus sets the stage for the Spirit. It's beautiful. I'm inspired by that. But I am annoyed, church. I'm annoyed that what the Holy Spirit said, what, what Jesus said is essential, we treat as optional. I'm annoyed that what, the Holy, that what, the, what Jesus says is essential, we treat as extra. Yeah, I don't really know if I need the Holy Spirit. No, you do today. It is pivotal to living a life of fullness in God. I'm annoyed by that. But I'm also challenged. I'm challenged because it says that after Jesus rose from the dead, that he appeared to all his disciples and followers. And scholars and theologians suggest that it's maybe about 400 people, which is awesome. 400 people saw Jesus after he was raised from the dead. But here's the dilemma is that And the day when the Holy Spirit was poured out on believers, only 120 were in the upper room. Why am I challenged by that today? Because I want to be one of the ones that are willing to wait. I don't want to have to rush into something else and miss out on the power and the goodness of God. I don't want to have to miss out on changing the legacy of my family. I don't want to have to miss out on the power of miracles and the power of healing. I don't want to miss it today. Lastly, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged because Jesus says that the Holy Spirit dwells where? 
in me, in us, that I'm the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. That even though I'm a sinner saved by grace, that even though I don't always get it right, that even though I'm still working the fruits of the Spirit in my life, I'm the dwelling place of the Spirit of God. You are the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. And maybe if you're in this room today, you're like, Pastor Peter, I feel empty. I feel empty. Can I tell you, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit today. This is your divine advantage. You want to walk in peace when everyone's in chaos? You need the Holy Spirit. You want the boldness to step out in great faith? You need the Holy Spirit. Are you ready for gentleness and joy? Oh, when's the last time you had joy? You need the Holy Spirit. He's our divine advantage today. It's Him. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.